mine, 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 mine. You could restore it all and rescue me from pain. You had my fallen side. You erased it. How insane! Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All. This is your host, W. Curtis Preston, aka Mr. Backup. And with me, as always, is my friend, Prasanna Maliande. How's it going, Prasanna? Good, Curtis. Good. Wow, I've been uh, promoted to friend instead you of co-host. Are, you, <laughs> are, you, you are now officially my friend. Woohoo! And, and, I, and I've gone public. I've gone public with my friendship with you. Wow. I yeah. feel special. <laughs> so uh, you are currently in the, in the Napa area, right? I am in the Napa area for a team off-site. Yep. Right. There's a little team event going on, so you will be hearing me out of a hotel room for the next couple days, but sweet. <laughs> Speaking of Druva, although Prasanna and I both work for Druva, this is not a Druva podcast. The opinions that you hear are our crazy selves. They're mine. <laughs> mine. All mine, Curtis. Mine. 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 <laughs> mine, mine, mine. <laughs> I love that movie. Name name the movie. Da, 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 da. This is Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. Good. Finding Nemo. By the way, I went uh, scuba diving in, where did I go? Hawaii uh, a few weeks ago. And there were lots of tropical fish there. And I told the people on the boat that I didn't know the names of any of the fish. I only know them by their uh, Finding ne- Finding Nemo names. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I said, I said, you know, like the Willem Dafoe fish, and the, you know, and, I just, I just started, and they're like, they're like, that's just really sad. And I'm like, okay, well, it, well, I saw, I saw them. I saw some Willem Dafoe fish. And I You're like, that's why I'm not a fish person. Let's talk about again. You know, I've been in backups for you know, over 25 years and you've been backups for what, like 15? Is that what, yeah. How long has it been? Yeah. Like Backup 15. data protection. Yep. So we've seen a lot sort of come and go over those years. And th- this, the topic that we're going to talk about today is, is one of those things. And it's something that when I started and when you started, this really wasn't something that you could talk about. Well, what, when you started, we were already starting to do disk-based backups, right? Yeah, I, yeah. They were yeah, starting disk-based backups, and yeah. there were also technologies like NetApp and SnapMirror where they were trying to do some of that as well, right? So Right. But when I started, that that stuff just didn't happen, right? Everything Back was when the dinosaurs <laughs> wandered the world. <laughs> yeah, everything was to tape. And when you're backing up to tape, again, I'm not anti-tape, but there's just some facts that when you're backing up to a serial access device, and of course the antonym to serial access device is random access device. Uh, when you're backing up to a serial device like tape, there are certain things that you cannot do, and that is obviously randomly access the data. And the, but then once we started backing up to disk, which as I remember really kind of happened around two thousand or so um that's the first time i think 99 was the first time i started meeting with a company at that time that was called undo with two o's which eventually became avamar and then i think around that time was when data domain was starting to happen well yep. you, you work Dat- with data domain when when did they so i joined after 
they were acquired. But I think Data Domain was like two, early 2000s as well. Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood, right? So we had, and those two companies, which oddly enough, ended up at the same company. <laughs> you had a source dedupe company and a target dedupe company. But what they had in common was we're going to store the backups on disk. And at the time, I maintain that originally the only reason we were doing dedupe was because disk was too affordable. I don't, too I, I don't, expensive. Do go ahead. Do you think, you mean, uh, yeah. Oh, what did I say? You said too affordable. That's why I was like, wait, disc, Curtis. <laughs> disc was too expensive. Right. And, and, and I, I wonder, we're going to have to get Brian Biles on, on this podcast one of these days. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that back in the day, they didn't think like today we're going to talk about instant boot. I don't think anybody said, Hey, if we put backups on disc, we could do instant boot. I don't, I, I don't, I just don't see that that was. Yeah. And, and before you go there, maybe we should define what instant boot is for folks why, who may not be, because I think you, everyone used... you define it then. Okay. So instant boot in my mind is the fact that a backup is stored on a backup target device. And when you need to access it, unlike traditionally backing up to tape where you have to restore your data first before you can start accessing it with instant boot, you can directly access the copy without having to restore the data. There's, two different things. There's what I would call instant access, which is I'm going to access the VMDK. I'm going to mount the VMDK as a disk image and access the files on that disk. That's what I would think of as instant access or whatever. But technically instant boot, you're literally booting a VM and you you have the running, you have a running OS somewhere. So let's talk about, so I, I guess what where I was going with the history is that we have really progressed. So let, let's talk about some. So one of the things that when we did dedupe to disk, one of the things that that enabled was this idea of replicating backups, right? So we could we could back up to a target device, then we could replicate those backups to another location. So we could have an on-site and an off-site copy without ever using a man in the van, which I, I think that was like the biggest initial cool thing we we did, right? I like that man in a van. Man of the man, you like that phrase, man of the man? <laughs> yeah. Then, so what do you what do you think happened next? I'm trying to think if uh, we. St I think we started this this idea of what we're calling instant access is that that if you could access the the backups sort of directly, rather than having to access them via restore. And I, I I'm I think I can go on a limb and say that Veeam was the first one that really sort of popular, not including NetApp, who really I think they get the credit for doing this first before anybody, but that's snapshots and not quite backup. What we're talking yeah. about here is, is historically backup has been stored in a proprietary format that doesn't allow you to easily access it. But Veeam did come up with this idea of let's allow you to instantly access the files uh, in your backup without actually having to do a restore. And I would argue that initially one of the reasons that they did that was because they didn't have the ability to do file level recovery from a VM backup without doing mounting it, it. without yeah. mounting it. Right. Exactly. So you, you, you'd say, well, when did you, when did you want uh, files from here's an image, mount it, go in there and grab all the files that you want. And right? to be honest, it also made things easier because I didn't necessarily, or you don't necessarily have to touch and index every file at the time. You just back up the image. And when someone says, hey, I need to get a file back, you just give them back the image and say, here you go. It's like when you copy files to a CD and you store a CD somewhere, when you want it back, you just kind of put the entire CD in and then you go at it. 
or on an external hard drive if you want to look talk about something more modern. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think I would argue that it made things easier for Veeam, um, meaning I that agree. they didn't yep. have to do that that development to do all the things that you just mentioned. Uh, because I remember objecting to it back in the day, meaning yeah. that, well, why can't I just go to the backup index and search the file that I need, right? So it was sort of a... It was, and, go ahead. Yeah. Well, oh, I was just... Go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I'll go. So the thing was, you know, we have to go back in time. Veeam did backups in a different way than everybody else was doing them at the time, which created this problem, which they then solved by uh, instant access. And, and that's why I was like, well, why didn't they just index the files in the first place, right? But it's because of the way they backed up. They were backing up the VMs as an image, which not everybody was doing at the time. Yeah. But anyway. And to be honest, I think this is where at the time when Veeam came out, I think this is where they were trying to blur the lines, if you will, or try to bring together the worlds of backup and of primary storage replication data protection. Yeah, yeah. Into because NetApp had snapshots and replication, mm -hmm. but they didn't necessarily do backups to tertiary or a different storage system and right. all the rest. Right. And then you had your traditional backup vendors who did proprietary formats and had the index and everything else, but they weren't very efficient at doing, say, VM level backups. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think Veeam was trying to bring these worlds together. And so it's kind of a compromise between both of those worlds. Yep. yep. And the start of things. Right. And but like you said, it's a compromise because the people who were hardcore backup folks who had these very particular specific use cases around, I need index, I need to be able to file a level restore, I need to be able to search and find a file, they were like, Veeam doesn't work for me. Yeah, I was definitely one of those hardcore backup folks. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But then from that point, and that was several years ago, I don't know, we don't need an exact number, but that was several years ago. I'm going to say less than 10. From there to now, we've come a long way. We're now talking a lot about reusing backups for other purposes, beyond instant boot and other things. We, we, we've come to a world where people are growing to expect this from their backups. Three letters. Name the three. <laughs> C D M. Yeah. Yes. Right. You, that's that's what that's what everyone talks about, right? Copy data yeah. management. So do we owe all this to Ash? Mm, <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah, Ash, yeah, yeah. Ash Ashatosh. I don't know what his actual first name is, but he goes by Ash. And yeah, so they really pop. That's uh, Actifio. They really popularize this idea that you know copy data management. That if we're going to store a copy of the data then, you know, for backup purposes, then they should also have other purposes. So yes, we will blame all of this on Ash. <laughs> and and to be honest, I think that's what a lot of vendors saw and were like, ooh, that is a message that resonates. And I've seen IDC reports that says this is a $50 billion a year problem, et cetera. Yep. But right, I think that's kind of what enticed everyone to say, hey, I really should be doing something more with my backups. Exactly. And which which leads us to this word, but I think just in general, people have come to expect much more from their backups than they did even just ten years ago, right? I, I mean, I remember, for example, when I saw that that Veeam again, Veeam, when they were using this instant boot feature, which I'm specifically designing to mean you're actually booting an OS from your backup. They were using this instant boot feature to actually automatically test your backups as often as you wanted. And I remember thinking and saying, this is the coolest feature I've ever seen, right? The idea, For sure. because, because that's one of the problems that we've always had with backups is you never know how good it is until you, uh, you know, actually go to use it.
Yeah. And or the ability to completely spin up that VM in a test environment exactly. that's completely isolated. Right. right. That was actually a pretty awesome feature when they came out right. with it. Right. Uh, so so let's so let's talk about some of the reasons that somebody might want to do. And today we're specifically talking about instant boot, not so much instant access, because I think I think instant access was a required thing at one time. I think a lot of products have now figured out how to do instant or to do file level recovery from those VM images, right? But today what yep. we're talking specifically is instant boot. So why so outside of file level recoverability, uh, which I would argue really should be a product a, a, a feature of any backup product. I shouldn't have to boot a VM just to get an image out of it. What um, that's my opinion and I'm sticking with it. What else would people might want to do an instant boot for? So like you said, right, uh, for testing out an environment, mm -hmm. right, is my backup good? I've actually heard, and this actually goes even beyond just VMs, I've even heard customers who want to take a SQL backup and be able to replay transaction logs to ensure that, yes, my backup is good and I can recover. Because otherwise, how do I do that? I have to recover my entire application to a different server somewhere which takes time and space and everything else. So they want to quickly be able to validate. So, so not only are they testing the product or they're testing the backup, they're testing sort of their ability to use the backup because with a, you know, you, the, the thing you brought up with a database backup, you should be able to recover up to point X, which is when you took the backup and then you should be able to use transaction logs to roll forward in time. So that's an interesting use case of it. So what, what would we call, would we call that test? We'd call it, we'll call that test. Right. Yeah. You're, you're testing your not just your backup or your recovery, but your recovery process. Yeah. Yep. And this could they might also be using this to. So that's one use case. Yeah. The other use case is um, an issue comes up and I actually do need to recover, say, my VM. Mm -hmm. But instead of actually doing a two-step process where I first restore the data and then spin it up, mm -hmm. some people like to bring up their VM as quickly as possible mm -hmm. and use a technology like Storage vMotion right. to actually move the VM from that backup storage array to production storage, which will have better performance. So I'm, I'm going to call that a mini DR. How's that? That sounds good. Yeah. So basically, like to me, a mini DR is I lost this server or I deleted this VMDK or whatever. Basically, I've lost one or maybe two VMs because of something stupid that somebody did or whatever. And I need to bring up one or two VMs really quickly to sort of just be alive, right? While I go figure out what the heck happened, right? Yeah. So it's yep. really quick. I'm not, I'm not, my whole data center isn't gone, but one or two VMs and they're important VMs. You know, they're my customer lookup database or whatever. I don't know. And we're just going to bring them up and get them running quickly uh, while we while we figure out what's going on. Yeah. And it's important to remember that during this process, your VM is available, right? So mm -hmm. it is handling your production workloads. So you just have to be a little careful because now, based on how VMware does it, your rights are still going to your backup appliance. Right. So yeah. until the entire VM is moved over, which depending on the size, it might take some time, your backup appliance has to be able to handle that additional workload. So let's take this to the next step then. And let's go Let's go even to the dream of Ash's dream, right? So we have dozens. We, we're going to do not just test, but maybe dev. And we're going to run a long-term project against an otherwise production copy, you know, something that looks like a production copy of the data. 
And in order to do that, we may need to boot dozens of VMs all at the same time and run those from the backup. This, I put that at sort of the top of the, in terms of the impact that it would have on a backup system if you were to actually try to do that. Does that seem? Oh, oh yeah, no, I totally agree. Especially, you can't compare a backup appliance, which is typically optimized for backup-like workloads, to primary storage. Well, you can. Which, it's just, it's just no, not yeah, do you very can, well. Exactly. So expecting that my production Oracle instance, which runs on a high end all flash storage array, will be able to handle, will be able to be running on a backup appliance, which is optimized for storage and capacity. Right. Right. It is two very different worlds. And I think that's one of my concerns is. When you start to use your backup appliance, which is really optimized for ensuring you have your backup data, which is really your last copy. Mm -hmm. When everything else goes wrong, you go to your backups. Mm -hmm. It's intended to ensure it never loses your data. Mm -hmm. And it's optimized for these type of workloads. When you expect that to now be able to run your production and trying to bring make it become an all-in-one appliance... It's going to be a jack of all trades, master of none. I think the reason that you feel that way is because you're thinking about the current um, market backup. of backup appliances, which let's talk about the things that they all have in common. One is they generally are all using spinning disk. They are not using flash or they may be using a flash cache, but they're not generally running on flash. Second, they're using dedupe uh, and at least the most popular of one, all of the data on it is deduped, right? So you, you can't, I, I know like data domain basically is what I'm talking about. I know that with Exagrid, for example, they have an undeduped uh, amount of data that, that you can do instant boot from and they don't have that particular problem, but everybody's using spinning disk, but all performance sensitive or performance sensitive workloads have, move to flash at this point and nobody has patience for for this to spin around another another revolution anymore and so now we're going to take we're going to take away flash we're going to take away normally written random access data and we're going to dedupe it so that we have to do even more disk seeks and then we expect that to run you know 25 yeah. vms all at the same time from yeah and i think that from a performance perspective, you are totally right, Curtis. I think it's just I have this fear that before backup was something sacred, you could trust it to do its job because you knew it would be reliable. It was built for certain characteristics, right, that you never had to worry about whatever happened on production because your backup copy is always there. As you start adding these other use cases, I just wonder are you going away from that rock solid stability that you used to have that you could always rely on to something that is, I don't know, not as good as what it used to be like tape. So, you never had to worry about tape was there. Well, you, clearly, sorry, you, 
you, <laughs> I take you it back. never used tape if you, never, if you think but, but, you didn't have to worry about no, no, tape. No, not that you didn't have to, but you understood the characteristics of how it would operate and what would happen. Uh, we could spend another 20 minutes about that, but I understand what you're saying. You're yeah. saying that at one point, backup had one purpose, and that was to restore your data. And so you never touched it. You never played with it. You put it in a box. You didn't touch it. And now we're we're doing other stuff with it, and you're worried about doing these other things impact your backup system? And I think that's a very valid uh, question. And I think that any properly designed system that's going to do instant boot, it it should be and probably is designed in a way that it's not going to impact the integrity of your backup system. That just because you're running a, a VM from a current backup of that VM and you're doing random access reads and writes to that image, you should be running from uh, a view or a snapshot, or I don't know what the proper term would be of that image so that you're not changing the backup when you do that. Your backup copy is immutable, right? Right. Your backup copy should be immutable. Even if you're then creating a view to that, you're essentially creating sort of an anti snapshot. Yeah. Right. You're, You're sort of, you're creating a, you know, use this, as a read write view into that and you can change whatever you want and we'll keep track of it. Right. And so it shouldn't impact the integrity of your backups, but I think it's a perfectly valid concern that if we do enough of this stuff, if we run enough VMs from a backup image, we could definitely impact the performance of the backup system and therefore maybe it's stability. Exactly. And now the other question I have is, it's already hard enough sizing a system for backup and restore performances <laughs> because there are so many variables. Yeah, and now yeah. you're throwing yet another variable into the mix. And I'm just wondering, do people understand these concepts? Like I know there are vendors out there toting, oh, you can instant boot this VM and you can storage vMotion it off and great, that's good. But what does it mean to the other things which are critical in terms of backup performance and restore performance that you might have signed up, signed off on? And I think it's probably fine to do a VM, right? Yep. <laughs> like a VM or maybe even two VMs. But if we, I, I do think it's unrealistic to expect your backup system to be the source of data for, you know, a, a couple of dozen VMs that you're going to run development against for the next three months. I, I don't, it, and, the, and here's why I think that you could totally do that. You could totally do that with a, with a you know, uh, obviously the way we do backups is, is different. But let's say let's say we were talking about rubric or cohesity, right? And you have a, you have a you have an array of appliances. You could totally do that with one of these guys, and you could boot off. You could boot fifty seven VMs if that's what you wanted to do. But you would need a ton of extra hardware that when that development de- when that development project is done that extra hardware now is going completely unused yep it just sits there yeah and 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 so you could do that but it it just seems it seems questionable right so and 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 so i think what i want to get to is i think people see backup appliances as it's sitting there we should do something more with it but 
in my mind, I think you need to holistically think about where your data sits across your entire environment and figure out what makes sense to run there. For instance, in that example you gave where I have this dev test environment that needs mm -hmm. to run or dev project that needs to run mm -hmm. for many months, maybe I'm better off putting that on primary storage where it's been deduplicated if I'm using an all flash storage array and not have to worry about spinning up that coffee copy off of a backup appliance. So think about right. where you're putting your copies and for what purpose and also how long you expect something to live for. Yeah, and and maybe you 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 use your backups as a source for that image. Like if you want if you want to do some development against a what appears to be a production copy of your data but you don't want to mess up the production copy of your data, you you use your backup as a way to, you know, quickly instantiate this world uh, somewhere else. And, um, and, right. and that's my question is, if that's what you're trying to do, then why aren't you using storage array snapshots, which have that similar sort of property that allow you to take a point in time and spin that copy up locally within that primary storage array, rather than taking a backup copy and spinning that up? Because let's be honest. Well, you know, not how, everybody how, has storage array snapshots. I know not everyone has storage array, but if you're <laughs> if you have a storage array with snapshot capabilities mm -hmm. that is efficient, mm -hmm. then I'm saying why not use that instead of trying to take an older copy which might be sitting on your backup appliance and bring that back. Yeah, I, I think spin up a copy where it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, well, I I think if you have if you have storage array snapshots, you're probably doing that already. I, I think the idea here is to bring functionality to people that maybe don't otherwise have it. And maybe right. it's not storage array snapshots, but say you're running in a hyperconverged environment, say Nutanix or mm -hmm. VMware, mm -hmm. and you want to spin up a copy there, right? Nutanix has snapshots. VMware has snapshots. So Again, that's going to have a, if you're running off of a yeah. snap, off of a read write snapshot, that's going to have a performance impact as well, right? For sure. Yep. What do we learn here? I learned nothing. <laughs> I <laughs> learned <great>. nothing. <laughs> well, so I think the big thing is ask the question because you'll see a lot of vendors tote being able to instant boot or instant access. Mm -hmm. See what makes sense for you in what use cases. Don't just blindly assume you can spin up your entire environment and everything will be fine. Yeah, and if you and if you have a vendor who says, yeah, you can boot up 36 VMs and run them for as long as you'd like. If they say yes to that question, just remember that that comes with a cost and that uh, unless you're going to be running that all the time, then that's going to be a cost that is going to be a waste at different parts of the year. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And like we talked about in the beginning, there are certain use cases like verifying your backups and other things like that where it totally makes sense to use instant boot, instant access. But just look at the use cases that make sense for you. And, and, Don't... I guess, and, and maybe I've spent a little too long in the clouds. <laughs> but to me, the if I want to boot up 36 VMs to do some dev against, that to me would seem to be the perfect thing to do in the cloud. Because not only is the storage, is there an impact on storage, I also have to have the hardware to run those 36 VMs. But if I do that in the cloud, I don't have to worry about it before I need it or after I need it. I just boot it up and then and then run it. So you know, perhaps what you should be looking at is the ability to do things like this in the cloud. If if they're big things, like if it's if it's to boot for a couple of VMs, I think that makes perfect sense for a backup appliance. But unless you've gone to 
I guess there is the Actifio way of doing things, which is kind of like, you know, basically you move all your secondary storage to this appliance. But if unless if it has the capability to run all of your extra workloads, <clears throat> then just realize, just remember that it that comes at a cost. Yep. Know. No, I think that makes sense. People like to throw out terms. I just think people need to be aware of what they mean. Right. And 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 sort of the reality of what um just make sure that your expectations for instant boot are met by the vendor in question. Just because you're gonna look at instant boot and you're gonna say, Oh, they have instant boot. Check check mark. Yes, yes, they have it, and then you move on. That's a surefire way to possibly fail at a project if you um if you if you aren't aware of what what their actual capabilities are. So with that, I will uh, say goodbye to our listeners again for a week, and we will be back with you next week. And make sure that you subscribe so that you can never miss an episode and be able to restore it all. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth a spit. Finally, I needed your backup. You had a chance to fix it, instead, it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth the space. Completely done Maybe one day It'll 